Hi, I'm Beck. And I'm Sam. And welcome to the Long Run Podcast. We will be your hosts and coaches. The whole idea of the long run is that this is your opportunity to switch off, tune into your body, to your mind, and listen to us as we share some exciting tales of adventure and trails with some incredibly inspiring trailblazing women. So let's get moving. Hello, everyone. It is wonderful to be here for the first episode of this long run podcast. It's Sam here, and I want to say it's quite a honor and privilege to be in your ears during this very special time. Now, for many of you, if this is your first exposure to run, you might not recognize this as special time because it's a new thing and it might feel a little bit daunting going out for a little bit longer. But trust me when I say that time that you create to get out on the long run every single weekend will become your time. And our whole idea is for this 30 minutes that we have on the clock for today's long run that you just really tune into yourself. Um, Don't have too many expectations of how this is meant to look. And we're going to distract you a little bit by, you know, giving you some insights a bit more into us. That is so true. And just remember for this long run, start slow, like ease into it, wake your body up and just let it begin to learn that you are now running or building up to a run. So Sam loves to ask the questions. So I was thinking (laughs) to get to know Sam and myself, I would start with a little fun activity I like to call rapid fire. Are you ready to participate, Sam? I'm always nervous when you're in the driver's seat for the questions. (laughs) Rapid fire, here we come. Okay. What's your favorite color? Uh, I always ask this question of Harry and I don't even know the answer. Uh, I'm going to say orange because I think it's a really happy color. It's so true. That that reminds me of sunsets as well. So you. Okay, favorite food? Salt vinegar chips and a really amazing green salad with a lot of vinegar in it. So vinegar. Vinegar. Vinegar, (laughs) yes. Favorite thing to do with Harry? I love, love taking Harry out on trail walks. Um, They never look the same. I always have aspirations for them to just be like amazing and then sometimes he can crack the poos, but it has been some of the best time that we've had together. So true. They change in nature. Um, Hardest race you've ever ran or I was going to say race, but like longest, hardest race, you do so many things. So it's like race or run you've ever competed in. The hardest race or run that you've ever put yourself to the starting line. I feel like I could say every single event I've ever done because I always go to the start line with like high aspirations. I've worked really hard for it and it means something to me. So that kind of transfers from, you know, running across India to doing the four deserts. And it also includes every single park run that I ever do. And for those who don't know what park run is, it's a five kilometer run. It's a community based free event on the weekend. And I'm always gassed halfway in and it's like, can I keep holding on and finishing this 5k? (laughs) It's so true though. The anaerobic and aerobic system, two different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Favorite place to run snow or beach. Oh, oh, it's it's kind of like it's this long. You want a rapid fire? I'm sorry. <laughs> I never get it. It's okay. It's like, can I please explain the answer? To- <laughs> so 
This is a long-lasting debate that my husband and I have because he loves the ocean and I love the mountains. I don't know if I'd say like I love the mountains with the snow, um, but I definitely love the mountains. Um, but I've got to say recently I have been running by the ocean a bit more and it's so beautiful. It's But I do struggle with a lack of, you know, hills and stuff like that. So I'm going to stick with snow because it's more likely to be in the mountains. Okay, well then that's answering my next question of mountains or desert. Oh, I love them both too. <laughs> I love them both also. It's like choosing your favourite, like, child. I only have one, but, you know, they both offer a different thing. Can't we just have both? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and last question. If you could go for a run or do a strength session, which one would you do? I'd do a run. I'd do a run. I knew that was I- the answer. Yeah, of course. Uh, it, it's effort for me. And like, so I completely will relate to probably 99% of the people who've joined our program who choose to run. And the strength component to it is a new like adaption to like their holistic programming. And we're going to talk about that so much throughout this podcast, but also, you know, through their trail time series. And you obviously talk about it a lot through every episode of the strength program. So um, I am learning to love it. Uh, It's not natural to me, but I've been kind of focusing a lot on my strength over the last couple of months and I'm really enjoying this newfound feeling of power. Yeah, which is what you gain from the strength training component to our program. And you're right, I do talk about strength training a lot throughout the programs, but you will hear me in any Anytime we go live or any podcasts, I will still preach because I'm a big believer that strength is the armor to your running. And I think we both are now, Sam. I think you're on, you've jumped on the bandwagon. Well, I, I will it. say that I have been known over the past couple of weeks to take out a run session to fit in a gym session. And I was like, who dis? <laughs> who dis is you, girl? <laughs> And right. but I'm feeling the benefits of it. So when I'm on the trails, and even if it's for one less session a week, because hey, I can't fit everything in, and sometimes we have to make a choice. But I can do one less run session, and I am feeling more powerful when I'm on the trails. So a big part for her trails is about not just being able to do this 21.1 kilometers. We want you to think long term. Like we want you to think of that 70-year-old version of yourself still capable of doing the things that you want to do, whatever they may be. And strength and agility all form part of it as well as our capacity for enduring, which is what you get through, you know. I'd say a half marathon is definitely endurance. Um, So these are all kind of things that you might think are all these physical actions, but actually they play into our physiology both mentally and physically if that's such a thing but now let's flip the switch to you so I'm not going to ask rapid fire because clearly I'm crap at that game I want to talk about a more recent um, thing that kind of was on the calendar which reminded me of you the Barkley ultramarathon just played out over the past weekend and once again um, you know a couple of females towed the start line of that event where it's a race shall I say where no female has ever finished it and can you please tell me a bit about the Barkley because I think it taps into a little bit about almost why we've created this platform um, and also it just, it's a big part of your past and a project that you worked for for a really long time. Sure. I love the Barkley Marathons. If you haven't watched the documentary, please jump on and maybe 
whilst you're doing your recovery or doing a rollout, you can watch it. I think it's still available on Netflix. Um, the Barkley is a race where you do five loops of a 20 mile course. Um, but this 20 mile course, you have to find yourself on a compass and a map. So you're making your own tracks. Uh, you have to pick out 13 pages from 13 books uh, during that loop. And once you do it the loop clockwise, you have to then go and do it counterclockwise. Gary, or Laz, as they like to call him, is the race organizer. And he's just a funny character. When I first started reading and learning about the Barkley marathons, I kind of was inspired by utilizing my body and my mind to do a hard race, which is a hundred miles finding your way in, in the bush and the de in the bush and cold really, because it's the time of the year where it's actually quite chilly there. And I started training for it because it was a challenge. And because I wanted to get out on trail, being a triathlete my whole life, um, I started getting into ultras at like the age of 24. And after you do a few ultra marathons, you, you really start to get, I don't know, a bug for them. Like you, you want to keep pushing your, your limitations. And the fact that no female has ever finished the Barkley 100s kind of made me want that for a female and I at the time before Bo was thriving to achieve that um after having children like <laughs> I think you kind of flip your priorities a little bit um however I was the I was the fittest I think I ever will be in my life racing and the journey towards the start line of the Barkley 100. Oh, I, I mean, we were spending quite a bit of time together. That's that Barkley is how we first met. Um, because I think I remember you reached out to me on Facebook. Um, and you were kind of like, Oh, I'm training for this Barkley and people suggested that you might have some insights that can help me. And I remember thinking, um, lady, I don't navigate, but <laughs> I'm so tickled and pink by the idea that you think we can share some, you know, knowledge together. Um, so hopefully, you know, you can tackle this amazing thing. And I was so stoked at the idea that someone wanted to try and do that race because it's always seemed like this incredibly daunting undertaking because it's not just about the run. It's about that navigation and being able to, you know, self-care on the move. And there's so many photos and videos of people who have like their legs are ripped apart because, you know, the, the bush in that part of Tennessee is just covered with like sticks and roots and prickly things and so it's it's all encompassing and so whilst I find that such an daunting undertaking and I was so proud of you for doing it um it also made me think like that's what trial running is all about um maybe not shredding your legs but it's about <laughs> more than one thing it's more than the action of running um it's about trying to use your back brain to make smart decisions about where am I right now? If I want to go on trail, how do I do it in a way that I'm, I'm looking after myself? I've considered my route. I've shared my route with someone, you know, maybe I pack a head torch. There's all these kind of things that make trail running an adventure. Um, and you can have adventures every single time you do a training run and you don't even have to wait for a race or an event that someone else creates to experience that. And I think as women, sometimes, well, as kids, um, young girls, we're not 
always taught how to be out in the wild, how to be out in nature and to explore our bodies in that space. Um, I certainly wasn't not in a, I did a lot of camping, but I didn't, I didn't spend the opportunity to learn how to you know, start a fire or, you know, learn how to read a map and compass. Um, I didn't become self-reliant in wild spaces and really till the, you know, the last decade of my life. And it has been incredibly fueling for me since learning how to do it. And I still feel like I'm learning all the time, um, which I think you always will develop new skills the more you put yourself in that type of space. So her trails is kind of, in my mind, an opportunity for you to start to think, hey, how can I be out in nature more? How can I be self-reliant? How can I craft these micro adventures um, to feel fueled and fulfilled and maybe connect with like-minded people and feel the yourself out in nature and how much your body craves that not just the running like when you don't experience it often you often forget until you're out in nature and moving your body how did you start running sam Um, oh, I was so physical. Because I know you've run many, many of miles. <laughs> well, I have, but really only in the latter part. I'm I'm 36 and I only started I only started significantly running in my twenties. Uh when I was in like my last year of high school. Um I was I loved I loved to study. <laughs> I was a studier and I became quite neurotic in my study, but you know, that was my style. And so my mum would always be like, You need to get outdoors, like stop doing practice English essays, get outside. And so I would go for this six K and I I made it a run because I wanted to get back to the study. <laughs> but what I will say is that where I lived, it was like out in nature. It's called a, a place called Listerfield Lake. And I'd always go at dusk and there were like kangaroos um, jumping by. And very quickly I went from freaking out about my study. So thinking about the future, fretting about the past. And I was just completely in the moment. And I hadn't, like as a 17 year old, I hadn't actually felt that before. Um, This ability of being so just focused and calm. And so I think that was the early desires for me to keep running. Uh, so I did run a bit during university, but just as like a side on thing, like a little opportunity every now and again to just kind of neutralize and to be, you know, centered. I don't think I realized that was the why at the time, but every time I went there, that's what I felt. Uh, and then it wasn't until I was, you know, 24 when I just started to kind of consider, you know, what is my bucket list items that I'm going to do before I start work as a, a serious corporate lawyer <laughs> at a top tier law firm? <laughs> and a marathon was one of them. And then very quickly it turned from the idea of a marathon to an ultra marathon, um, which seems like a massive jump, but actually because I hadn't really run that much, I didn't know what I was even signing up for. So it was this beautiful balance of naivety and ego. Long story short, in a very short period of time, I did my first marathon and then I did an ultra marathon in Chile. And I will say that it's not the races that I became addicted to. It was the people that I met, um, and probably more importantly, the people that I met in that space, you know, where everyone is just so connected to why they're doing what they're doing, um, the na- being in nature, pushing their bodies to places that they've never been before, and everyone really rallying behind the idea of we're all going from something that we do know to something that we don't know, and we're giving each other permission and grace to go through that clunky phase where we're trying to find our way. 
And I found that incredibly unifying. And I, I just think in a time where so many people feel like they don't belong, you know, finding those point of commonalities with other humans is just so empowering um, and it makes you feel like you belong. And so I think that sense of belonging was a big thing that got me behind sticking in ultra marathons. And, you know, I never would have thought of myself as a runner as, you know, a 15 year old girl and it's a part of who I am now. It's not, I'm not Sam Gash the runner. It's one thing that I do, um, but I really love that part of my life. I, and I love it too because it brought us together. I know, so, I know. Can we? Beautiful connections in life. And I love that you also went from a half marathon to like marathon to ultra because it's so your mindset. Like <laughs> you were so determined Like, and you're right. A little bit of naivety, but also it's just that parallels in life where you have that a type of personality where you, you do dedicate yourself to one particular thing or many because you have so many hats right now. But I love seeing you excel. Yeah, but the um, I will say that I have never been so methodically um, diligent at sticking with a program. Um, when there is naivety, I think you need to have like that internal dialogue of like, okay, I'm new in this space. I need to <laughs> reach out for support to navigate how to kind of go from the unknown to the known. Uh, and so when I did my first marathon, I actually, you know, I downloaded an 18 week training program and I did every single thing on it. Um, and it was I mean, to be honest, there was no strength. There was no mobility. It was literally just run, run, run. Um, it was 12 years ago. Uh, and I would have loved to have had a platform where I realized at an earlier age that mobility was going to be so important for my ability to sustain myself in the sport. I've had to find that out along the way. Uh, and it's just something that I really want to encourage to everyone, you know, who's listening to this podcast right now and they're doing their thing of run to just not forget that after you finish the run, you know, cool your body down, like have a little time to stretch, um, you know, get on a foam roller if you have one, a spiky ball, whatever it is, like let your body go from this yang physical, you know, like very, you know, linear activity and then start find that ways of easing the body into, you know, stillness. Very valid points. Well, Beck, can we talk a little bit about that shift from when you, were very focused on the physical and the running goals and pushing the boundaries in that aspect of your life and then becoming a mama. <laughs> we sure can. Um, I think I pushed my limitations in life until I had Bo, my son, who is now four. And, I, I mean, I still push them. I think I just push them more with intention now. Because I, I love growing as a human and I love watching other people that I coach grow. So I think when you become a mother, you're, it kind of shifts a little bit. And I know you understand this because you have obviously have Harry. And the training programs, I will be more about what I can fit into my day. And I'll focus on the day-to-day -day rather than like the week-to-week -week blocks. And having a, a young toddler at home makes it, I don't want to say impossible because nothing is impossible, but it makes it hard to sometimes when they don't sleep all the way through the night or just they're not having a, the best day. So like you have to be able to adapt through the day these days just yeah. to make 
your goals, I, I, I don't know, like a, a more realistic goal. So instead of just being like, I am going to run this 100 kilometer race at this date and focusing on the week to weeks and finishing every training session like you were just talking about. Now it's like, what can I do to be able to get an outlet for myself as a mother and still achieve these these growth stages? And they don't have to be races like you said before, but how can I just continue to keep growing as as a mum now that like my I've kind of changed in my my direction of like pushing 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 and driving 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 of limitations and I think I've found a really good balance now um, and it's taken me I never fought it like it's taken me a while to just kind of like realize what I can do and and it changes when Bo was a baby to to a four year old it completely changes. Um, yeah, I think it's easier now that he's four, but it's still not easy if that makes sense. Oh yeah. And because it always changes based on, you know, so if Bo and my son, Harry, if they get sick, then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. all hands get on deck to look after that situation. Or, you know, sometimes if your husband is also sick, then you have to re kind of calibrate the structure that you put in play to accommodate for that space to run or to be outdoors, um, that they shift uh, and I've never felt communication has been become more important to be able to do the things that I want to do as I, as I do as a mother and it's a thing that I'm learning what my voice is and what my needs are uh, and I think yep. you don't know because I think when you, know, when you first have your child often you just compl- you're in that bubble and you're there and they need you for every moment of survival and then when you kind of come out of that you start to go, okay, now I want to bring back other components of my life that I you know, really enjoyed before. And then you do it and you're like, okay, but I feel a bit different in that. Like the goalposts have changed. And if I'm going to be out on trails or if I, you know, I'm, I consider it far more deeply now if I'm going to get on a plane and it has to tick a lot more boxes than it used to. I used to just jump on a plane and go, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now I- it just looks a bit different, but it's not a sacrifice uh, it's just I've got something else wonderful in my life and I just have to balance it all. Yeah, and it's a, a beautiful experience. And you also have to have a good support system. Mm. So my my husband and I, like we work out like when we're going to train because we both need that element in our lives to train and we're very busy at work as well. So you have a set schedule of like, okay, you have mornings this day and I'll have afternoons on those days and and you just work in that support system and structure that gets you to that goal and that growth experience. But Well, we, yeah. you know, we all had to go through that growth experience again, you know, last year uh, where during, you know, I know that you're based in the US, you're in LA, so um, all of you are still pretty much working from home and, you know, mobility outdoors is definitely still limited. But here in Australia we're regaining a lot more of the freedoms that we used to have Uh, but a lot more people are working from home now and so everyone had to kind of work out what was their schedules again like when if everyone's working at home the children are at home when can you train when can you work where can you work in a space that's kind of quiet I mean I think I should say that Beck and I obviously we're based in different parts of the world so we deal with different time zones um, and we both have our 
husbands at home as well. And so often we'll be doing a meeting and then Beck's husband Drew will be walking past and he'll have like the earphones on and Beck will be like, shh, we've got to be quiet right now. Like he's on an important meeting. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But and then Mark will be doing like a, a workshop behind me and I'm like, okay, I'll go upstairs now. We'll, we'll do this on the bed. <laughs> and it yeah. just looks, it's this movable feast. And I think I want to take away from everyone's mindsets right now that this you know, process to a 21.1K and life in general is not meant to look perfect. Let's stop glamorizing and placing unrealistic expectations on us and what the process of growth and living really is. You know, for me, I'm a corporate speaker and I'll, I've got like this hilarious photo that I'm going to share on the Facebook community group of my very first talk going back to a public audience. I was getting dressed and doing my makeup in a disabled toilet um, and Harry was on the floor next to me in that disabled toilet. And it's just like, this is what you got to do to make it work. It doesn't look pretty, yeah. but when you're, you know, fulfilling the many hats that we might have as women from mother to maybe employee or maybe you're running your own business or and you're an athlete and you're you know you're this and that and you're everything you know it doesn't look always pretty and that's okay and in fact I think we should celebrate the unsexy nature of what it takes to be a woman and flip it around to that is the truth and I love that um Harry gets to watch you do that by the way <laughs> yeah he's like I'm sick of hearing you talk be quiet now <laughs> I, no. I should say, everyone, you're 25 minutes into this long run. And so with that in mind, you've got five kilometers left on the clock. Um, you might be closer to home or the place that you left your car, or perhaps someone is picking you up if you've done a point A to point B. But just find time within the next couple of minutes to just slow down the play, pace, um, ease yourself into the end of the run and uh just do a little bit of a congratulations even before you get to the finish because you guys have done really well and you know what the first long run's always so momentous and I think you should be celebrating yourself for getting out creating this space and time for you to just do this exact thing yes for sure and let's talk about like this week was all about getting started mm -hmm. so you've gone through the first week of the training program you should, you probably on this run felt like you were a little bit sore from the strength training and the consistent running. So in, in the warm down today, just notice like, is there something that's a little bit sore than other things? Like are your quads sore than your glutes or do you need to foam roll or do you need to do a full body mobility after this long run as an extra cool down? Because we all know how important recovery is. And if we don't recover well, we will not be ready for the next week. Okay, so next week we are going to be focusing on the essentials. Um, Sam will do a great piece to camera for you, so make sure you watch that. But we do start off with Monday as, as a 30-minute level two run, so that's a really easy run. So if you go home after, after this cool down, and you start to roll the body or, or get that mobility session in, you'll be ready for the Monday session. The way I like to think about it is whilst you have 30 minutes on the run clock, just think of it as 40 minutes that you need to take for yourself with at least 10 of those minutes being about the cool down process. Um, and if you kind of factor in 40 minutes from the get go, 
you craft that time for you. Uh, I think sometimes when we like to jam pack our schedules and so you're like, I've got 30 minutes and then I've got to get in the shower because I've got to go to X, Y, Z. So really like, please give yourself that additional 10 minutes because um, it will pay dividends, not just for how you're going to feel tomorrow, but how you're going to feel at the end of week two and at the beginning of week three. Like this is all accumulative, what you do right now, both the gains and also the discomfort. And so we're trying to ease back the discomfort that you might be feeling and helping you focus on kind of bringing the body together to the next level. Exciting stuff. Oh, it's so exciting. I, I'm thinking it might be nice for everyone to consider in the last couple of minutes of this run, like why did you sign up to do this 21.1 kilometer trail journey? Everybody's intentions for why we sign up and get onto any type of start line is unique and specific to us. And sometimes we sign up and we don't even think about it. But I think considering why you're doing this is going to be an important reminder when it gets a little bit challenging. And I don't just mean the program itself is challenging, but when you have other things in your life that start to crop up, um, increase in intensity, in priority, if you haven't considered the why, sometimes that's when, you know, the thing like the run program gets placed into the too hard basket. So my activity for you in the last minute of this run is to think about why you're here. Why have you paid money to hear Beck and I share a, you know, 12 week online journey? You know, what's your reason for being here? And I would love it if you would share that on the Facebook community group. Why yeah. are you signing up for 21.1 kilometers and what do you hope to get out of it? Because the more that we know about you, the more that we can help you through hosting and coaching this experience. Mm. I can't wait to read those. Yeah, well, we have a lot of people asking us, you know, is this program tailored to the individual and this is how it can be tailored to you? When you start to give a little bit more about you and to think a little bit more about why you're doing what you're doing and sharing that through the Facebook group, that's when we can jump on and support you uh, in a way that's specific to just you. Um, so I want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, mm -hmm. Next week on the podcast, we have the amazing Jackie Mooney. She's the editor-in-chief at Women's Health Australia magazine. She's a dear friend and supporter of women in sport. Uh, Beck and I have had her as our cheerleaders for the majority of our careers as athletes. And so it's such a pleasure to get her on the podcast. You guys are going to love her. And um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for trusting both of us to take you on this journey. And we're all side by side in this process because Beck and I are doing the program with you as well. So we can't wait to touch base each week and uh, start to look after yourself in the cool down. <laughs>